Welcome to the I Believe Podcast, an Acure Insight production, brought to you by Castle Biosciences. I'm your host, Danae Peterson, a fellow ocular melanoma survivor. Here on the podcast, we'll be sharing information and insights on treatments, research, and living with ocular melanoma. Castle Biosciences tests are designed to provide clinicians precise and personalized tumor information for the benefit of patient care. If you would like more information about how Castle is transforming the treatment of eye cancer, visit castletestinfo.com. Registration is now open for our 2023 I Believe Survivorship Seminar. This year, we'll be coming to you live and virtually from Seattle, Washington. Join Dr. Andrew Stacy, top physicians and experts for two days of workshops and educational sessions on living with ocular melanoma. We'll explore the town, of course. I hear there is a dinner cruise planned for Friday night. Meet new omis and check in with good friends. And at the end of the weekend, you can plan to end the week on a high note with cocktails and dinner. For those planning to attend in person, we hope to see you at the welcome reception the evening of September 7th, so make sure to plan your travel accordingly. Make sure to reserve your hotel room at the link provided at the time of registration, or you can book at your nearby favorite hotel. If you're unable to attend in in person during registration, simply select the virtual attendance option. If you do plan to attend in person or online, make sure to register using the link in the show notes of each podcast episode or head to www.acureinsight.org slash education dash events. After you register, be sure to finalize your travel plans and reserve your room for the hotel nearby. Please email contact at acureinsight.org with any registration questions. Share the news with your fellow Omis, guys. We can't wait to finally see you in Seattle this year. Hi, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us for our first ever Eye on Research um, mini seminar. So if you've been part of our hybrid, I believe, seminars in the fall, this is kind of just something we wanted to bring to you guys after the fact of these different cancer uh, research uh, seminars and conventions that happen all across the globe often. And so we've got uh, doctors that some of you guys are going to be familiar with, Dr. Katz, Dr. Omid, or Dr. Dr. Stephen Katz, Dr. Omid Hamid, and Dr. Richard Carvajal, who are joining us from their various areas um, to talk to you guys about what they heard at ASCO and AACR, um, which are then the two main cancer institute, um, cancer conventions that have been happening this last year. So thank you guys for joining us. If you guys have questions, make sure to drop them in the chat. Keep in mind, we can't answer any personal medical questions, but we can um, answer questions the best we can when we have Q&A the last 10 minutes of this session. So thank you guys for your time. I'm going to introduce our speakers and we'll get started. Um, we first up, we're going to have Dr. Katz, who is the chief medical officer from Tricellus Life Sciences. He's going to be presenting a few slides and some data on the Perio one trial. Um, and then we're going to have Dr. Omid Hamid and Dr. Richard Carvajal. Um, Dr. Omid Hamid is from the Angeles Clinic and Research Institute, and Dr. Carvajal is from the Northwell Health Cancer Institute. So take down those titles if you guys want to get in touch with them. If you need a good medical oncologist, these are good guys. Um, okay, well, Dr. Katz, I'm going to turn it over to you if that's okay. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, and thanks for the opportunity to speak today. So I'm going to talk to you about a clinical trial that my company, Tricellus Life Sciences, uh, is running. It's called the Perio one study uh, in which we are investigating an immunotherapy drug called SD101, uh, which is something called the toll-like receptor 9 agonist, which is 
a drug that's capable of stimulating the immune system very broadly. Uh, and it does some other things which we think are very helpful within the liver specifically. Obviously for patients with stage four uveal melanoma, uh, the liver is often where the problems arise. And so we chose to focus specifically on uveal melanoma with liver metastases. And we're also using uh, a very innovative and we think interesting delivery technology, a catheter system used by interventional radiologists, which we think can improve the ability of drugs like SD-101 to get into liver metastases, which again affect uveal melanoma patients far too often. So I'm just gonna begin by covering the rationale for focusing the immunotherapy approach on the liver, um, which we think is critical uh, to this program's success. And so the liver presents, or liver tumors present two very important problems, one of which uh, we think is underappreciated, which is high intratumoral pressure, uh, which limits drug delivery. Uh, some data indicate that when you give a drug intravenously, which is typically what we do uh, with oncology patients, less than 1% of the drug may actually get into the tumor in meaningful concentrations. And the second problem is that the liver as a whole is a very immunosuppressive organ. It's programmed to shut the immune system down. And when we have liver metastases uh, within this organ, uh, the situation is exacerbated or it gets worse. So it makes it very difficult for patients with liver tumors and liver metastases from uveal melanoma to respond to immunotherapy drugs like checkpoint inhibitors. So what we're doing in our clinical trial is we're giving the drug SD-101 into the liver in a very focused way uh, using the arteries that feed the tumors uh, to try to reverse this immunosuppression to give patients a better chance of responding to drugs like checkpoint inhibitors. Now, the immune system in the liver, as I mentioned, is shut down, and this is a very broad problem. Many cell types contribute to this but we think one cell type in particular called MDSC or myeloid-derived suppressor cells are key orchestrators uh, of checkpoint inhibitor failure in uveal melanoma patients. And we'll talk about that more in a bit. Now, one thing we've learned about patients who are getting checkpoint inhibitors, and this is data from several different diseases, including cutaneous melanoma, lung cancer, and so on, patients who have liver metastases are much less likely to respond to checkpoint inhibitors relative to patients who may have disease in other organs, but not the liver. So we believe that there's something about having tumors in the liver that drives immunotherapy failure, drives immune suppression, not only within the liver, but potentially throughout the patient's body. So targeting liver metastases, we think is a very rational strategy for driving better responsiveness to checkpoint inhibitors based on this data. And so now let's move on to the delivery system that we're using in the Perio-1 study. So as I mentioned, we're giving the drug SD-101 in a very focused way uh, into the arteries that are feeding the liver metastases. We think this has a couple of advantages. One, we think it enables the physicians to get higher concentrations of the drug into the liver tumors and the liver as a whole uh, where we think it needs to be. And it also minimizes off-target exposure. So you're not stimulating the immune system in places where you may not want that to happen, which may be helpful from a safety perspective. Now the device, as I mentioned, is used by interventional radiologists. If you look at this larger image toward the center of the slide, uh, you can see that the device or catheter is typically inserted into an artery in the groin called the femoral artery. It can also go into an artery in the arm. And then the physician can place the catheter uh, into the arteries, feeding the liver and the liver tumors. 
What's different about this device, if you look to the left, it has what we call a smart valve, uh, which is a very dynamic structure that's opening and closing in sync with the patient's heart. So with every heartbeat, it collapses and then it expands. And so this cyclical activity creates more optimal pressure within the blood vessel and it redirects or diverts blood flow to the tumors relative to the normal liver. So we believe this optimizes delivery of the drug into the liver metastases. And we've actually studied this compared to standard catheters in a model called an Oncopig, uh, which is a pig within which we can grow liver tumors. And we found that we can improve the delivery of this drug SD-101 more than twofold when we use that specialized device that I showed you with the smart valve uh, relative to what can be achieved with a standard catheter. So this is part of the rationale uh, for doing the Perio one study and the way that we're conducting it. Now let's talk a little bit about the drug. So I mentioned that immunosuppression in the liver and within liver metastases is a significant barrier uh, to patients with uveal melanoma in terms of responding to checkpoint inhibitors. And so this is a very complicated problem. And what I'm showing you here is that many cell types are involved in causing this immunosuppression. And so we wanna activate many different cell types. But I mentioned that there was one cell type that may be really important in creating this propensity of failure to checkpoint inhibitors, and that's the MDSC or myeloid-derived suppressor cells. So one of the reasons we chose to study SD-101 in uveal melanoma patients is we believe it has a dual mechanism of action. One, it has the ability to stimulate the immune system broadly. Many cell types are activated by the drug. Many cytokines are stimulated by the drug, which we think addresses the complexity of the issue. Two, we've published and demonstrated in patients that this drug can bind to its receptor, TLR9, on MDSC, and it can eliminate those cells by causing what we call apoptosis or cell death. So you get the broad immune stimulation and you can eliminate the myeloid-derived suppressor cells. So that's why we think it's potentially uh, an ideal drug for combining with checkpoint inhibitors for patients with uveal melanoma. And so now I'm gonna cover a little bit more about the trial, and this is basically a recap of data that was presented by Dr. Montazeri from MGH at the ASCO meeting in June. Here are the clinical sites uh, that are currently participating in our trials. We actually have three studies open and enrolling. Uh, they're called the PERIO studies, which is for pressure-enabled regional immuno-oncology, capturing how that device that I showed you is working. And so uveal melanoma is the PERIO-1 study. It's the first study that we started. We also have another study called PERIO-2 for hepatocellular cancer and cholangiocarcinoma and PERIO-3 for pancreas cancer. But we're going to focus on PERIO-1 today. Uh, we've enrolled and treated over 70 patients with over 270 SD-101 infusions to date across these studies. And I'm also showing you the countries um, that we're gonna be uh, moving into later this year uh, with the PERIO-1 program. And so an overview of the study design. So patients get six doses of SD-101, and these doses are being given by interventional radiologists in the interventional radiology suite. Uh, it's an outpatient procedure, and the patients are getting three doses a week apart, then there's about a month off, and then they come back for another three doses, so six total doses. And during this time, they're getting a checkpoint inhibitor, Avdivo or Keytruda, um, or the combination of Ipi and Nevo uh, during this period, and those drugs are given intravenously as they typically would be. Uh, 
And overall, uh, these procedures have been very well tolerated by the patients. As I'll show you, the safety data is very reassuring. And just the logistics of it have also been well tolerated by the patients and very well managed by the sites. We started with what we call cohort A, uh, which was a single agent dose escalation experience, which means SD-101 alone, no checkpoint inhibitor, just to see if giving that type of drug into the liver directly, which had never been done before, would be safe and well tolerated, and it was. And then we moved into cohort B, which is when we brought in Abdivo or nivolumab in combination with the SD-101. And we've also opened what we call cohort C, uh, which is SD-101 with the dual checkpoint inhibitor regimen, nivolumab and ipilimumab, or Abdivo and Uroboy. Now, this slide just highlights uh, the types of patients that we're enrolling. So again, these are all stage four uvia melanoma patients with liver metastases. And what this bar graph is showing you is that we're enrolling, for the most part, heavily pretreated patients. Uh, so that you can see here, uh, most of the patients are second line and beyond, including patients uh, third, fourth, and sixth line. Uh, so just giving you a sense of the treatment experience of the patients that were included in the PERIO-1 study to date. Here's the safety table that was presented at the ASCO meeting, and I'm not going to go through all of this detail. I'm just going to point out uh, that some of the common events, which were generally minor, are what you would expect with an immunotherapy drug. Uh, fevers, fatigue, uh, et cetera. Uh, but most of these were minor um, and easily resolved, either with no treatment or very minimal intervention. I think the main point I want to make is that the serious adverse event rate related to the drugs, either SD101 or checkpoint, uh, was only 5%. So this is very well tolerated. And we think the delivery approach is part of the reason why. Again, concentrating the drug in the liver minimizing the exposure elsewhere in the body, we think creates a favorable safety profile. And as I'll show you on subsequent slides, this is coming along with very promising immunotherapy um, or immune activity. Now, this is the pharmacokinetic data, which in plain English is just measuring the levels of the drug on the left in the blood or the serum, on the right in the liver tissue based on biopsies. And so looking at the left, which is drug levels in the blood or the serum, what we found is that even at our highest dose uh, that we escalated to, which is eight milligrams, in each of these peaks or collection of peaks, which is one of the six doses and multiple peaks representing multiple patients at each time point, the drug is essentially gone after two hours in more than 95% of patients, meaning we're minimizing the exposure outside of the liver, which was the goal. And again, why we think we're seeing a good safety profile thus far. And on the right, I'm showing you that we're getting very high drug levels in the liver when we do biopsies pre and, pre and post infusion. So in short, we're achieving the goal uh, that we set out to achieve in using this delivery approach, minimizing systemic exposure and maximizing exposure within the liver, which has all been well tolerated thus far. And here's an example of the immune effects that we're seeing in patients with uveal melanoma. So on the top, what I'm showing you is immunofluorescence. And so we're staining a liver metastasis biopsy before SD-101 and after SD-101 for T cells. And so the T cells are being stained with green and red. And this is important because if a checkpoint inhibitor is going to work, we think that you need to have a high density or a high number of activated or exhausted T cells in the tumor. 
After all, checkpoint inhibitors are targeting T cells for the most part and not tumor cells, unlike conventional cancer drugs. And so what we see on these images is that before SD-101 was given to this patient, very few T cells were present in the liver metastasis. And when we gave the SD-101, and this was approximately 57 days after the first three doses, uh, we're seeing a significant or a marked increase in the presence of cytotoxic T cells in the tumor. Again, the green and the red staining, indicating that the drug is having this type of broad immune effect you know, inducing T cells to come in, which is what we hope to see. And on the bottom, I'm showing you a bar graph, which is summarizing data from five patients, liver metastasis biopsies, where we measured the number of these myeloid-derived suppressor cells. And in all five patients, we saw a decrease. And in two of the patients, complete clearance of the myeloid-derived suppressor cells after getting SD-101. So this is some evidence of this dual mechanism of action that I alluded to earlier. And if you wanna get more information about the immune effects of drugs like SD-101, you can look at how gene expression is changing in immune cells. And we use something called nanostring, uh, which measures how individual genes are being increased or decreased in response to a therapy, in this case, SD-101. And when we looked at biopsy samples from liver metastases, we first focused on genes that typically are associated with MDSC immunosuppressive function. And we found that after treatment with SD-101, these genes went down, uh, which goes along with those cells being eliminated, which is what I showed you on the previous slide. And then we also looked at genes that are typically associated with T cells being active and participating in a productive immune response. And we saw that several of those genes were increasing in patients after treatment with SD-101. So again, this dual mechanism uh, is playing out. The next thing we wanted to figure out, okay, so we're getting a good immune effect in the liver, it's being well tolerated, but sometimes patients have tumors outside the liver as well. And so we actually looked at these gene expression changes in immune cells outside of the liver. We collected immune cells from the blood and we did the same test, um, nanostring, and we also did something called flow cytometry. And here we're actually showing you flow cytometry data uh, which is measuring protein levels on individual immune cells. And we found that in the blood, after SD-101 was given, a cell type called natural killer cells expanded, which can help with immune responses. And there were certain signs related to immunosuppression that actually went down. And we also have seen increases in cytokines, which are proteins produced by immune cells, uh, go up in the blood or the serum, even though the drug is really being concentrated in the liver which we think indicates that there may be a very strong immune response in the liver such that it's spilling over uh, into the blood systemically in a favorable way. Now, one of the things that we focus on in UV melanoma patients is called circulating tumor DNA or CT DNA, uh, which is a measure of tumor burden. Uh, and with other drugs like Chemtrack from Immunocore, this test has been correlated or linked to favorable outcomes a long-term survival. So when we see circulating tumor DNA go down, uh, we believe that's an indicator that the patient's more likely to have a favorable outcome and a longer survival time. And what we're seeing in the PERIO-1 study is that the majority of patients treated with SD-101 and checkpoint inhibitor are seeing drops in the circulating tumor DNA after treatment, which we think is a favorable sign uh, that the treatment's having a positive impact on the disease in these patients.
But ultimately, it comes down to survival and disease control and how the patients are doing clinically. So this is a swim plot um, in which we're looking at individual patients. Each of these yellow bars uh, is a patient, and we're measuring survival time on the x-axis in days. And we're looking at the different dose levels and cohorts. So I'm going to call your attention to the green group, uh, which is cohort B at two milligrams. These are the patients who got SD-101 with Nevo at the lowest dose level. And what you can see quickly by looking at this graph is most of these patients are tracking out beyond a year at this point. So in this heavily pretreated group of patients, this is a favorable sign. And we're starting to see responses now, including a partial response and multiple minor responses. One of the things that we've learned about this drug and immunotherapy in general is that tumor shrinkage can actually take much longer than you would expect relative to chemotherapy or small molecule inhibitors. The tumors might actually swell initially from the immune response and inflammation. So it can take more time for shrinkage in classic responses to evolve. And we've actually seen that with this drug where responses can actually take more than a year to occur after prolonged stability or disease control. So we're starting to see a favorable clinical profile emerge. And these patients at the lower dose level um, are just earlier in follow-up. And we're hoping that these bars will track out even further um, as these patients continue on the study. And so to summarize what I've told you, uh, we feel that the data uh, from the PERIO-1 study to date are supportive of the SD-101 dual mechanism of action, the broad immune effect, and the MDSC elimination. Thus far, uh, SD-101 given directly into the liver uh, with what we call pressure-enabled drug delivery, that specialized device with the smart valve that I showed you. Um, it's all been well-tolerated with desired pharmacokinetic or concentration effects with a serious adverse event rate related to the drug of 5%. The circulating tumor DNA and that swim plot showing the survival times we think is encouraging uh, for what we're going to see at the higher doses and when we move into phase two uh, toward the later part of this year. Thank you for your attention. Thank you so much, Dr. Katz. I feel like this was just some incredible data and um, really just very promising. Uh, so thank you. And thank you for the way that you explain things. Um, I know we had a couple of questions. So if you are, if you're able to take one question, do you have time for that? Absolutely. Um, actually, that question is no longer relevant. Never mind. Um, my main question that I had was just, can you define the T cells? Like, what are T cells? Um, and and like, because they can be in a healthy cell and in a cancer cell, correct? Yeah. So T cells are a part of our immune system. You know, normally they help us uh, fight viruses um, and other things that that can cause us harm. But our bodies also try to mount immune responses to tumors. Um, so mm -hmm. typically T cells are circulating in the blood, they're in lymph nodes, in the spleen, there are also a lot of them in the liver. Um, and the problem is that cancer has ways of shutting T cell function down. And that's the immunosuppression problem I mentioned earlier, that MDSC cell type, they are very good at turning T cells off. Checkpoint inhibitors are designed to turn T cells back on, which is why those drugs work so beautifully and so many different indications. Uh, but within the liver, uh, we think the immunosuppressive problem is perhaps a bit more profound than in other body sites. And so that the checkpoint inhibitors need a little more help uh, to have their effect to get those T cells into the tumor where they can work. And that's where we hope SD-101 will come in. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for joining us today on the I Believe podcast. 
brought to you by Castle Biosciences. Please be sure to subscribe, and if you're so inclined, send this episode over to friends, family, and share on your social media to help spread awareness around OM. If you have a moment, leave us a brief review or consider making a donation to the links in the show notes to keep our podcast going. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Acure Insight. We'll see you next time on the I Believe podcast.